All right, welcome back. Episode 105, Troy, of the Hockey Cards Gong Show Podcast. My name is Josh. As always, I'm here with my good friend, Troy. What's going on, Troy? How's your day going? Day is going well. Just got back from a happy hour for work, but I didn't have too many drinks, so I'm good to go. There you go. That's good. Troy might have been (laughs) falling asleep during the last half of the show. That would have been hard for me. But, well, I guess before we get started, we do want to give a little bit of special recognition to a listener of the show, Dynasty Central Sports, who actually, in an amazing gift, sent me what you're seeing on the screen if you're watching on YouTube right now, this custom Kaprizov card, and then got Troy a real cool Pecorine card. Yeah, I don't have a picture. Oh. I can kind of hold mine up if you can see it. So, yeah, it's weird because you can see me through it. It's really cool. Like, it's all purpley, acetate, clear, Pekka Rene. It looks fantastic. Yeah, yours is like cracked ice, and I really like the Argyle yeah. effect to mine. Uh, anyways, it's such a very sweet gesture. And so thank you very, very much to Dynasty Central Sports. He's a YouTuber. He's trying to build his channel. So, as a little point of gratitude, if we could get a bunch of people to go over there and maybe subscribe, watch some of his videos and like them, that would be great. And then uh, speaking of gifts, Troy, a little birdie came to my window today and tweeted at me that it's somebody's birthday. Yeah. What can that be? Well, it's your yeah, birthday. It's my birthday. Well, happy birthday, man. Were you not going to tell anyone? No. <laughs> so you, you're not into making it your day and celebrating nope. just any other day for you. I'm going to, I'm going to work. I had a horrible day at work. I got there and we don't have desk. We have like, uh, like hotelling stations everywhere. You're supposed to reserve them. I get there. All of them are taken. And the one I reserved was taken. So that just started the day off terrible. And then I lost my power BI installation and they can't find out how to get it back. So it was a fantastic day. We're going to have to like remake grumpy old men with you. At yeah, some point, no well, I hope you have a better end to your birthday, I guess, than when it started. And just to make Troy squeamish and feel uncomfortable, if anyone that listens, you should probably go wish him a happy belated birthday, whether you're on a discord or social <laughs> media, because I'm sure you'll love that. Well, anyways, happy birthday. Thank you. Got to mention Second String Leather Company. There are 29 wallets left in their, I guess, last collection. I don't know if they named their collections, and I just don't know the name, but it's the <laughs> one that they're doing the clearance event on. Yep. I guess be very articulate and say it that way. There's only 29 left, and they're 65% off. If you use the code GONGSHOW15, you save an additional 15%, so that's 80% off. And I picked out a couple just to show people real quick, just to illustrate how cool these are. So they still have Andrea Vasilevsky wallets left from his pads. Uh, you can get a big cat wallet. So I believe with the 65% off, it's something like 40 some dollars. But if, when you use our code 37 bucks for yeah. a wallet that's made from premium leather, that's from the pads of Andrea Vasilevsky. Come on. It's <laughs> amazing. Or maybe Troy, are you a fan of team Canada? Right? We have a lot. We have a lot of Canadian listeners. Yeah. Well, there's a blocker. From they call it the Pride of Canada three slot wallet down to $34 if you use the code gongshow15 on secondstringleather.com. So go there, get one of their wallets. I think you'll get a great feel for them. Like when their new collection comes out, they keep teasing players left and right. I know, I know. it's terrible. And the they anticipation even, is killing me. Well, didn't they send us a message saying Troy will be happy? And now I'm all in a tizzy because I don't know who it is. It's crazy. 
we have the stature checklist coming out. They're teasing you with goalie wallets, Troy. <laughs> They're going to make your head explode here. So once again, just go to secondstringleather.com. Use code GONGSHOW15. You'll save 15% whether or not it's a wallet, a watch band, whatever products they have. They're all amazing. Uh, go ahead and check them out. want to make a brief uh, mention about our Patreon. Just a reminder, too, that the Hockey Cards Gong Show podcast is a Patreon podcast. That means that we really rely on support from listeners like yourself, watchers, I guess, like yourself, to help cover show expenses, fund initiatives for us to grow, which we're working on right now, and produce better content, better video, better visuals, uh, better audio, get better sound, all that good stuff is stuff that we're actively working on. Right now, I think there's two spots left in our out of 99 support level tier. It's taken a while, but we're getting down to the last two. So come on, somebody go in and nab those spots. That yeah, we- you nab them and then forces us to make up. Uh, we have to have another tier, I guess, or do something else or just keep this one out there. I don't know. It's Patreon things. We'd- well, we did add another tier. <laughs> we <and> did. <laughs> it's our triple gold tier. It's kind of a super supporter tier. So it's probably not going to be for everyone on the graphic. No. There's a little, a little messed up. I'll have to fix. Uh, it's 19.95 a month. Basically, we've had a number of people ask us why we don't have a bigger tier, and we were like, "Well, I don't know. Anyone <laughs> want to support us at a, at a bigger level?" So we've added one. What we're going to do is kind of extra benefits. So if you do the super supporter, you join, you become a member of our triple gold club. You'll get. There's going to be a special section on our website. We're going to shout you out. We'll have a link to wherever you want to send people that kind of publicly put to you in that club. And then Troy and I are thinking like after six month anniversary, we'll make some triple gold club t-shirts or something like that and send them your way. And we'll keep, we're getting some ideas right now from the guys in the discord too. Um, But yeah, we finally have, I guess a premium tier, if you want to call it that. Yeah. We got some other ideas too. We might have to have just a spot on here. Like if someone wanted to give us $10, can they just do that without monthly subscription? I just thought of that because we had someone once reach out and just say they wanted to give us extra. And we don't have a a really good way to do this. Believe me, this is all driven by you guys. This is nothing. You know, we get requests. We're like, okay, I guess we'll do that. Yeah. It's kind of weird when we've been asked (laughs) multiple times to have a bigger tier. So we uh, are happy, I guess, to oblige people there. If you want to support us, it's really easy. Just go to our website, hockeycardsgongshow.com and click on the link at the top of the page to become a patron. Or if you want, just go to the Patreon website.com. Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. And there you can search for Hockey Cards Gong Show. There's a link, whether you're watching us on YouTube, listening to us on Spotify, Apple, or whatever podcast app in the show description, or in our Instagram and TikTok profiles, there's a link in our link tree there as well. We do have one new supporter, Rimstar. Love that name. Thank you very much for supporting our show. And yeah, let's get on with the game plan, Troy. All right, on today's show, we begin with the greatest NHL player to wear number five. Then we have our final Gong Show 25 list, where we will be revealing our top five. Very exciting. Then it's off to hobby news, followed by a look at some of our favorite hockey cards in the current PWCC weekly auction. We end the show with new product releases. Okay, Josh, we are on the greatest NHL player to wear number five as we are on episode 105. And that player is, per the hockey writer's greatest NHL player to wear each number article, is Nicholas Lidstrom. Very fitting. Very fitting. Very well-deserved. We got a lot. Actually, we don't. I tried to shorten it a little bit because we're getting like 18, 20 minutes on this. I tried to shorten it. All right. He's a defenseman from, here we go. 
<sighs> Kralbo, <laughs> Avesta, Sweden. And I was really confused looking him up because one, uh, I think Hockey Reference had it maybe as Avesta. And yeah. Wikipedia might have had it as Kralbo. So then I had to go dig in what that meant. And I guess Kralbo is part of the town. Avesta is the town. And then obviously Sweden's the country. I'm sure some Swedish huh. listener will tell me I'm way off or that. That's right. But I was so confused. But I f- think I kind of got it figured out. We do have quite a few li- listeners in Sweden, yeah. actually. So yeah, we yeah, do. maybe someone will give us uh, some info there. If it's kind of like the city, state, country yeah. thing here. If it's ta- part of town, town, and then country in Sweden. Exactly. All right. Lidstrom was the 53rd overall selection in the 1989 NHL Entry draft by the Detroit Red Wings. Josh, did they get a steal in the third round, 53rd overall? I think they did. I'd say yeah. I'd say yes, too. One thing, I played baseball with a guy called Lindstrom, L-I-N-D, and I have to do my best not to say it. If I do say that, I apologize already. I know it's Lindstrom. Just my head's ingrained with my buddy that I played baseball with. All right, Lidstrom played in 1,564 regular season games over a 20-season NHL career. It was crazy because I used kind of the same format, and when I had Bobby Orr, it was like 600 or some games, whatever he played. I can't remember, but just typing in Lidstrom, I was like, wow, that just puts both of their careers in perspective. Lidstrom, Lidstrom played his entire career with the Detroit Red Wings, all 20 years played with Detroit. For awards and accomplishments, we have a bunch. Hall of Famer, four-time cup winner, 91-92 all-rookie team, seven-time Norris Trophy winner, one-time Conn Smythe Trophy winner, 10-time NHL first all-star team selection, two-time NHL second all-star team selection, 12-time NHL all-star game selection, named to the NHL's 100 greatest players list, named number eight in the Athletics' top 100 players in the NHL post-expansion era, his number five is retired by the Detroit Red Wings. And Josh's favorite, he is a triple gold club member. If you remember that graphic from last week or last show, he was on there. Wait a minute. He signed up for our Patreon already? Yeah, he's a super supporter. Wow. Thanks, <laughs> Thank Nicholas. you. Thanks. That's really cool of you. Yeah. Would you like a shout out? We're giving a shout out right now. We're doing a whole segment on you. Go segment on you. <laughs> Seven-time Norris winner. Now, if I my memory serves correct. Yep. Or was an eight-time. Yep. Or was eight, and I... Th- I thought Doug Harvey might have been eight too. If I'm, I okay. don't ask me to remember. So that puts Lidstrom in the top three. For sure. I believe so. I believe so. We'll go with that. Yeah. Lid, Lidstrom made the playoffs in every one of his 20 NHL seasons, compiling 54 goals, 129 assists for 183 points in 263 playoff games played, not including the lockout shortened 94 95 season. Lidstrom scored 30 or more points in every single season he played. Over his 20 seasons, he averaged 57 points a season. They call that consistent in the business. Yeah, yeah, they do. And I I wanted to bring that up because it's like right now we have all the hype. It's all these people scoring. Eric Carlson's going off, breaking records, scored a ton of points. McCarr scored a ton of points, what, two years ago? And just want to give a little... Lidstrom was not that guy that's going to score 100 points. He was a very all-around player, which we'll get to. Best season of his career from a point standpoint was this 05-06 season where Lidstrom had 16 goals, 64 assists for 80 points in 80 games played. All right, so that's his little stat line. Lidstrom is one of the greatest defensemen to ever play the game. He was not a points juggernaut, like I kind of mentioned. 
but was an all-around solid defenseman who played a more stay-at-home game. However, that doesn't mean he was a stay-at-home D all the time. He definitely would rush the puck when the opportunity presented itself. He was just smooth with the puck, a terrific decision-maker. He also was a fixture on the power play and the penalty kill. Litstrom, actually, when I say fixture, he was on the ice. He averaged nearly 27 minutes per game on ice, and they only started keeping tracking average time on ice, I think, like six seasons into his career is when they started. So there's some missing, which I don't know what he would have done, hurt him, help him. But 27 minutes on ice per game is pretty good. And he actually mentions that where he, as he got older, actually was more cognizant of how much time he played and did a little bit better job of not – extending himself all the time and getting really mm-hmm. tired of having to miss a shift or anything. If you talk to anyone about Lidstrom or read interviews, it's nothing but accolades from everyone. Hall of Famers, coaches, scouts, they all absolutely adored him. He's currently the vice president of hockey operations for the Detroit Red Wings. And one funny story, I didn't put this in the facts, but I was just remembering this. When the Red Wings identified at him in Sweden. They weren't, there wasn't a lot of teams recruiting in Sweden. And if they did, they might have had one scout, but they had to purposely not go over there a lot so they wouldn't tip off other teams mm. that they were watching him. And <laughs> that's the stuff I love. Like it's almost like a little espionage game because they were really interested in him, but they had to not go over there all the time or else other teams would pick up and try to figure out why. Are the Red Wings always going to this one team, one team's game, and then they kind of figure it out? Did they send Stevie Y over with the mustache? To <laughs> out or what? Hat and a trench coat. No, it's pretty good. It's a pretty funny story. All right, let's get to fun, interesting facts. His nickname was the Perfect Human, given to him by Chris Draper and Chris Osgood. Here's a quote from Draper on the nickname. So this is what he says: I remember watching Lids- Lidstrom. His skates were perfectly laced. There was never a twist or a turn on the skate. The laces were perfect. The way he taped his shin pads, perfect. If we were at home using red tape on white socks, it was perfectly covered up, vice versa with the red socks and the white tape. And the way he taped his stick and how his stall looked. And the last thing that probably finalized it for me was the most guys would just grab their jerseys off the hanger. Nick would actually sit there in his stall and folded it basically in three spots. He would fold his jersey in three spots before he put it on. And that's when I said to Ozzy, Chris Osgood, it's just perfect. I read that, and I don't know if you were a wrestling fan in, like, the 80s, but when Mr. Perfect was around, there was this one, like, shoot they did where Mr. Perfect's just like, everything I do is perfect. And he's, like, shooting hoops, and then he'll turn to the camera and be like, perfect. And he did a bunch of stuff. This just reminded me of that so much. It's he's really from cheesy. Minnesota, right, Kurt Henney? Oh, yeah. Well, you you name any old wrestler, and it's about a 60% chance they're from here. Gagne, Hennings, a bunch of them. All right, besides that, the nickname kind of grew out of the fact that he was always prepared for games, practices, and always played at a high level. There were no off nights for him. In addition, he was known for carrying himself with class, and opponents couldn't really hate him. As a lot of them have stated in interviews, as much as they wanted to hate him, they really couldn't because he was just such a nice guy. Littstrom did not win his first Norris Trophy until the his age 30 NHL season. He would go on to win seven Norris trophies. That's, wow, that's incredible. Crazy. Yeah. That's I think crazy. Bobby Orr's career was over by the time he won yeah. his first Norris trophy. Or yep. Almost over, right? He retired at 31. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think so. One thing I was reading though, is that I think it was Scotty Bowman was saying just how this just pretty, he, he thinks Lidstrom was so underappreciated when he started 
that people just didn't pick on uh, pick up on him until later in his career. Lidstrom was never a finalist for the Hart Trophy during his career. The highest he ever finished was fourth. I just thought that was interesting because he was such a stalwart. And for our last fun slash interesting facts, Lidstrom was the first European-born and trained captain of a Stanley Cup winning team, as well as the first European player named Playoff MVP. Lidstrom is also the all-time leader in games played, with a single NHL team by a European-born player. Interesting. Yeah, impressive. Yeah, I, I, some of those times you can get like, well, he's the first Czech player born by the river, <laughs> or whatever rivers are Czechoslovakia. I want to say Danube, but I think, I don't know if I'm right there. I think that's off. First European player to score at 1437 <laughs> in a period in a game two on the road. Yeah. yeah like those, of, there's some of those unofficial NHL records that are kind of crazy like that. All right, let's look at his rookie card. So the one I did was the 1991-92 upper deck number 26. Chose this one because it had the highest amount graded at PSA total by over like a 1,000 to the second one. PSA 10 pop of this card is 901, but they generate a 50%. This card goes anywhere from a whopping 30 to 50 US dollars, Josh. Get them while they're hot, I guess. <laughs> now, this is interesting because I remember I was remember going through my cards once. I'm like, this guy has a young guns. I know he has oh, a yeah. young guns. Here it is. Don't mind the picture. It's kind of crappy, but if you're watching the video. But yes, he does have a young guns in that same set. It's number 587 in the 91-92 upper deck set. PSA 10 pop is 538 with a gem rate of 63%. And the last few sales are around 60 to to $100 in Terrapeak. I just that gun guns design is <laughs> just fantastic. I love that. Yeah. I think that's just, awesome. It's just very like cartoony almost. And yeah. Well, is it is that the pucky shot? I don't know. Maybe it went this way. It's kind of funny. Well, I was thinking that, but a stick angle is kind no, of it's of... it's definitely not. It, <laughs> it sticks going the total other way. All right, that's what we got. Nicholas Lidstrom. I think they just name spelled wrong too. On what yeah, that's spelled wrong. So that's another thing when you look up his stuff, sometimes people listed as nik but it's i think his name is actually spelled n-i-c-k let's look at this other one did it very controversial this, this one's spelled wrong too if i remember it uncorrected error cards josh error card triple value all right, all right. good job Troy. nicholas lidstrom well it's time for a big top five reveal in the gong show 25 <laughs> for the last two and a half weeks now we've been counting down our gong show 25 rankings of the current top 25 players in the hockey hobby so to this point, we've counted down, Troy, numbers 25 through 6. Here they are up on the screen. I'm not going to read 20 names because that <laughs> would be ridiculous. And, of course, the Gong Show 25 is our ranking of the current. And when I say current, I mean as of today, the 25 our 25 best players in the hockey hobby. We know there's lots of factors besides how good of a hockey player you are that determine your hobby chase, hype, and standing. So things like the market they play in, their personality, the team, whether the team has had success, are they cool? They got that kind of it factor are all sort of intangible and intangible factors that make players hobby stars or not. This has been our attempt to distill everything down and come up with our 25 top players. And remember, too, that, of course, I'll say again, it's a current list. It's not an all time list. And with that said, hold on, hold on. I'm going to say one thing. Before we get into this, so you won't read off all these names, but when we did the rookie deep dives, 
you would scream off 20 names just so you could get to JJP and yell him as loud yeah, as possible. JJP. So no one on here, no one on here no. gets you like JJP. All right. I see how it is. No, right. I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> well, Troy, we are about to start with number five, but first we have to, I guess, acknowledge maybe the elephant in the room here. Well, just a blink of an eye for everyone else in listening world and particularly watching on YouTube you can see I have a new background. It's not been a blink of <laughs> It's been a complete and total fiasco. So just want to address the fact that just about to get into our number five and our rank is a gong show 25 when my internet completely died at my house. And when I mean died, like died dead, I'm going to have to go to the internet company and get, I think a new router tomorrow. And so good thing for me and us that my in-laws live about a mile away and I packed up all my computer stuff, headed down here. And about what, an hour and a half later, yep, here we are ready to roll. So with that being said, well, and I should say too, so new background in here, the, uh, cat, the shelves here, the, the teddy bears are not mine, but I did find something, <laughs> Troy, that I do have to show you. Reach it here. Oh, bobblehead. Not like a little Ken Trebek bobblehead. There you go. There you go. Best Twins player ever. Come on. There we go. Okay. So now, on to our top five. Coming in at number five in the Gong Show 25 is no other than Austin Matthews, Troy, who hails from San San Ramon, California, although he did move to Scottsdale as an infant. He was the first overall pick in the 2016 NHL entry draft and is a forward for Troy's favorite Canadian team, the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> Matthew's a pretty big dude, 6'3", 205 pounds, and still only 25 years old. Do you have to know his middle name? I don't know his middle name. His middle name is Taylor, mm. which, so what? But that makes his initials ATM. Oh, nice. Yeah. I think that's why the ladies like him, huh? That and the mustache. Yeah, and the mustache. It became like that. <laughs> Prior to the draft, the young Matthews spent a season, Troy, in the Swiss National League playing for the ZSC Lions, where he scored 24 goals, added 22 assists for 46 points in 36 games played. Not too bad. Well, then AM34 went straight to the Leafs after being selected first overall in 2016 and didn't waste any time bursting onto the NHL scene. His rookie year seat. He scored 40 goals, added 29 assists for 69 points and 82 games played. He was that season's recipient of the Calder Trophy as the NHL's best rookie. And so far in seven NHL seasons, Matthews has put up 299 goals, 243 assists, 542 points, and 481 games played. Troy, that's six or 0.62 goals per game and 1.13 points per game. Matthews has scored 40 or more goals in five of his NHL seasons, including the past four seasons in a row. While only making it to the second round of the playoffs once, which was this year, Matthews has accumulated some hardware. He's a two-times Rocket Richard Trophy winner, four-time Hart Memorial Trophy winner, Ted Lindsay Trophy winner. So a lot of accomplishments. What I remember, too, uh, how, how one, do you forget? One time, right? One time Hart. One time not for one time, Mark. Yeah, I was like, man, I've missed that. If that was no, the case. sorry, <laughs> kind of all out of sorts since uh, <laughs> since, your, since your house internet crashed, <sighs> router died, doesn't even turn on anymore. What I'll never forget too about him is he had what four goals his first game in the NHL. I thought it was, yeah, I remember something crazy, it's crazy like that. 
Matthews is a 2016 Young Guns, and his PSA 10 popped 3,068, has a 71% gem rate. Troy last sold for 681 U.S. on July 28th, down about 16% in the past month. So why do we rank Austin Matthews at number five? Well, the hobby loves its goal scorers, and over the past five seasons, Matthews only trails Leon Dreisaitl for most goals in the NHL over that span. He's got a cool factor and style to his game that I think attracts fans of all ages, and his popularity reaches far outside of Toronto. Being born in the U.S. helps, right? So he has both the U.S. and Canada appeal there. Playing in arguably the best NHL market and for one of the most legendary teams keeps his profile high and in the minds of collectors. Yeah, the hype right out of the gate amplified. Uh, oh, here's where I put by his legendary first game with the Maple yeah. Leafs, where he did score four goals. So why did we not rank him higher than number five? Well, I think last lack of postseason success has kept him on the periphery of the hobby elite. He's there for sure, but sitting closest to the exit, if that's a good way to put it. Right. A lot of this has been like McDavid, Crosby, Ovechkin, oh, and Matthews. There's a lot of. I don't know, just where I feel kind of his name falls into place there. I think he either needs to put up all-time numbers or win some cups to move into the top three spots, right? Because you're getting into very elite territory now. I think he also needs a moment in winning where he puts the team on his back and and it's unquestionable who took over and got it done. Like have that legendary moment, that hero moment, whether it's for, I guess, Montreal or uh, Toronto fans, hope it's for them. And you'll see in a minute who we ranked number four, and we didn't put Matthews ahead of him because it's not close to who sold more cards in quantity or value over the past six, seven months. I think, too, you could also add that Matthews was banged up a little bit last season, and it hurt his production. Casting a small shadow, I think, is the nicest way to put it over his hobby momentum. He did take a a step backwards. Now, you know you're in elite territory when a bad, quote-unquote, bad season is 40 goals. Yep. But what was he, 62 the year before or something like that? Uh, 60. 60. So notable hobby stats to date per card ladder sales history, 1,338 Matthews cards have sold for more than 1,000 U.S. dollars, and 3,097 cards have sold for more than 500 U.S. The top-selling Austin Matthew cards to date is this 2016-17, the Cup Gold RPA at a 12. BGS 9.59 that sold for 55,200 US in April 2022. So that right there is the highest selling Matthews card nice. to date. Any uh, thoughts on Matthews at number five? First of all, this card, he looks deranged, but yeah. it's a 9.5. So that's pretty sweet. Yeah, Matthews, I know the knock on him too is kind of, I don't know, he needs to show, I, I, I know he cares, but he needs to show more emotion. And sometimes not showing emotion is a good thing. But I think when he was kind of getting that one, I can't remember when it was when he's kind of getting beat up and he's sort of laughing and getting beat up some more. Some people want to see him like turn around and <laughs> throw a haymaker. But like you said, he's been elite, but a down year, obviously at 40 goals, which is crazy that we're going to talk about him having a down year at 40. But you're right. He does need to do something, either put up all time numbers or start winning some in the playoffs. You just can't make it to the second round. I agree. Okay, Trey, we're at number four. Now buckle up because this Uh-oh. is where the haters could come up. This is where it gets Uh-oh. a little bit controversial on the Gong Show 25. And so our, our list, too, is in the hockey hobby, not NHL hobby. Remember that. Remember that. So now I think you just got to look before you. You oh. can judge us any way you want, but just uh, before you do, just hear us out, I yeah. guess is what I'll say. Let's so coming it. in at number four is a, Troy's a kid who's 18 years old, has <laughs> never played an NHL game. Yep. He hasn't even played a preseason game. 
Yes, Connor Bedard is our number four ranked player of the top 25 current top players in the hockey hobby. Now, you might be saying to yourself, what? How is this happening? Yeah. Uh, don't worry. We thought all of this too, guys. But when you step back and you think about the past year, and more importantly, you look at the market data, especially the card sales in 2023, I promise you it makes complete sense. Bedard is the 18-year-old, 5'10", 185-pound phenom from North Vancouver, who was the number one overall pick in the 2023 NHL entry draft about a month ago, right? Or so, I by feel, the Chicago Blackhawks. I feel he grows an inch every time they list a number yeah. for him. He's tiny. Yeah. He's 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, Maybe 5'10 on skates and tiptoes. He played two full seasons as part of, and a part of another for the Regina Pats in the Western Hockey League, where he scored 134 goals, added 137 assists for 271 points in 134 games played. That is one goal per game and 2.02 points per game. Can't get much better pedigree no. than that, huh? No, that's pretty good. Well, or you could look at his international play. Since 2021, he's played 27 games for Team Canada at the U18 or World Junior Championship levels, scoring 30 goals, adding 27 assists for 57 points in 27 games. He's one of only a handful of players to ever be granted to play in the CHL at age 15, called exceptional status, and finished his CHL career as player of the year this past season. Come opening night, he should be lacing up skates for his skates for the Blackhawks, and we presume he'll start right away. Okay, so why did we rank Connor Bedard at number four? I got to start off, Troy, just by saying that few prospects and draft picks have ever generated this much attention and hype. We're talking McDavid and Crosby levels here that are once in a generation, and no player has ever had the hobby impact Bedard has had with his pre-NHL cards. We'll get to the numbers in a minute, but they're staggering. While he'll have enormous pressure and expectation, he seems to have the personality, dedication, and drive to excel despite these pressures. I think he's witty, engaging, and in a top U.S. market, giving the NHL every opportunity to screw it up and <laughs> yep, not promote will, this kid like crazy. Which, I was saying, which they will roundly do is just go ahead and screw it all up before he even gets out there. To create new fans for the sport, which should also help drive and hype and chase in his collecting market. It's tough to when you to compare Bedard, I think, a little bit to McDavid and Crosby because the eras are so different. The social media is so much more yeah. evolved than it was. So I, I don't know. We weren't super engaged in the hobby when McDavid was a rookie in 2015. I know there was a lot of hype. Yep. Some people said he, more. Some said more. Yeah, maybe more. Okay, why we didn't rank him higher? Well, at the start, he hasn't done anything at the <laughs> NHL level. And by anything, we mean he's done nothing. And expectations are so high that it'll take a special personality and effort to live up to them. The three guys ahead of Bedard are legendary and either ha- have or are flirting with GOAT status. So you're comparing a guy who's done nothing to mm-hmm. guys who've seemingly almost done everything. And I think it did take a lot for us to rank him this high. And there's no way we're putting a kid who's never played a game ahead of the next three. And that's, I think you'll get it when we get to those. Well, yeah. And again, it's hockey hobby. Not, we're not saying Bernard's better than everyone on this list as a player. He's got to prove that, but as a hockey hobby person or card or player, whatever, this is where he's at right now. Yeah. He might stink as a player. We don't know. In our subjective opinion. Okay. So here's where it gets bonkers. When we look at notable hobby stats, and I'm just going to go back to January 1st of this year. So a couple of days over seven months or so. 
Troy, based on card ladder sales history, 5,925 Bedard cards have sold this year. So that's a lot, but it, mm-hmm. you need some context. Compare that to 4,935 Austin Matthews, 4,523 Jack Hughes. Austin Matthews is a 2016 rookie, Jack Hughes 2019. Think of all the different types of cards they have. Mm-hmm. There's been more, I guess, Team Canada and Regina Pats <laughs> sales than any Austin Matthews or Jack Hughes. That just blows my mind. Yep. That there's this big of a chase for this kid. Now, I, I did also look at Cole Caulfield. Now, Cole Caulfield sold 7,369. But again, we're comparing a player with zero NHL cards to the hottest rookie in the past two years uh, of two year hobby, uh, last two years of hobby classes. To me, it's just bonkers. Again, according to Card Ladder Sales History, there's been this, again, this is just this year, 201 sales of $1,000 or more. Again, zero NHL cards. Uh, our guy, Austin Matthews, is number five on the list, had 100, has 169 cards this year that have sold for $1,000 or more. <laughs> Amongst active players, only three guys are ahead, ahead of Bedard have sold more cards for more than $1,000, right? And remember, Bedard is at 201 cards of more than $1,000. And it's not just active guys. Mario Lemieux has sold 105 cards for over $1,000. Patrick Waugh, 51. Gordy Howe, 87. There's just no precedent. <laughs> this is weird. It's for weird. this w- whatsoever. And I think everybody has a theory what's going to happen to his card values once the Young mm-hmm. Guns comes out. And not worth talking now, but you can't say that the chase isn't real. Yeah. Or unlike anything we've ever seen. And then. There's been five or 424 cards this year that have, of his that have sold for 500 or more U.S. The highest-selling Connor Bedard card to date is a 2022 Upper Deck Team Canada Juniors Program of Excellence Finite 101 PSA Authentic that sold for an amazing 12,600 U.S. this past April. Anything else you would add about Bedard coming in at number four? I just the conversation around him is crazy, and I think. You posted, was it an all-time high sale today for one of his cards? It was It was a first sale. First so sale. So it was a, another Team Canada finite, not program yep. of excellence like this one. I think just like the regular base card, 101, that was something like 6,200 maybe. Yep, that sounds right. And But looking in the comments, you see a little wide ranging of opinions. And I think one person said, this might be the dumbest purchase ever, or something like that, like how incredibly high it was. So a lot of... Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. These cards with Canada jerseys and everything, it's just you don't see them going up usually. So it's really interesting that his cards are going for this amount of money, but it is what it is. I think he's going to be a great player, but we'll see. It's He's definitely going to have to be special to live up to the hype that he's kind of generated already. But just think of this, too. This just hit me in looking at our notes. He has more cards sold for more than $1,000 US this year. Then Mario Lemieux and Gordie Howe combined. Combined. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> Makes no sense. Makes no sense. So that's why we put Connor Bedard at number four. It'd be interesting to see what you guys have to say about yeah. that. Getting back a little more to the safe side here at number three, we have Sidney Crosby. 35-year-old legendary center for the Pittsburgh Penguins was the first overall pick in the 20, 2005 NHL entry draft. 
Crosby was born in Halifax, Nova Scotia on 8787. Hence the number 87, as we learned from everybody's favorite goalie coach here, Troy, in episode 87, when we honored Sid the Kid. How many times are in, am I going to say 87 in one? Yeah. Jeez. What's sad for us, Troy, though, is based on our age, he's still kind of a kid at 35. Yeah, still a kid. And just so I don't get yelled at again, he's born in Halifax, but he grew up in Cole Harbor, Nova Scotia. I'm going to get that little plug in there. Is that like a, is that controversy? Is that, is that, well, it's not hobby drama. I just said in our thing that he was from, when I did the greatest player to wear 87, I said he's from Halifax. I didn't, I should have said he was born there and then grew up in Cole Harbor because, okay. Got to be accurate. Got to be accurate. For 18 plus years now, Crosby has established himself as one of the game's greatest players, both in the NHL and in international competition. In 18 NHL seasons, Sid has scored 550 goals, added 952 assists for 1,002 points in 1,190 games played. Troy, that's 0.46 goals per game and 1.26 points per game. Over 18 years. Total total points, 1,000, what was it? 502? So yep. said, okay, gotcha. He's topped 100 points five times, including in his rookie season. And Troy, this I found this interesting. He joined Joe Juno as the only rookie to ever score 100 points and not win the Calder Trophy. Well, that's a fun fact right there. More on that later. Well, I know why he did. I know why Crosby did, but he, I'm curious about how this other guy didn't win. Or well, Joe did. Juno was had the same rookie year as one Timu Solani. Okay, there you go. That makes sense. Yeah. And I know I obviously know why Crosby didn't win it. Crosby is a three-time Stanley Cup champion, two-time Hart and Art Ross Trophy winner, three-time Ted Lindsay Award winner, two-time Mark Messier Award winner, two-time Rocket Richard Trophy winner, two-time Con Smythe winner, a partridge and a pear tree. On the international what? stage, he's a two-time Olympic champion. Won gold at the World Junior Championships, World Championships, and World Cup of Hockey, which combined with the Stanley Cup puts him in the Triple Gold Club. So maybe him and Lindstrom <laughs> will join our Patreon. Yeah, they can uh, they can pool their money together and maybe <laughs> support us. So here's why we ranked Crosby at number three. He was elite before he his first skate hit the NHL ice, and he's been elite ever since. He's not only a producer and leader, but he's a champion. As part of it, the story 2005 hobby class, interest in Crosby cards helped to usher in the modern era of hockey cards. I think that's something we haven't talked about much, but mm-hmm. just how important that 2005 hobby class, as we like to call it, that includes the 2004 rookies and 2005, were really important to shaping that modern era of hockey cards. Would you agree? Agree, 100%. He's played his entire career in Pittsburgh, a visible and important NHL franchise and was mentored into the league by the great Mario Lemieux, which I think only adds to his hobby mystique and legacy. They're combined in a good way. He's also a legend in Canadian hockey, which of course helps in the hobby as well. Mm-hmm. So he's got again, another guy with the U S Canada connection. Why do we not rank him higher? Well, there's only two spots. Yep. So it's pretty tough sledding at this point. And I think the main reason why we didn't put him higher, Troy, it's not as much about Crosby. It's really the current state of his team. Yeah. You have to ask yourself, how relevant are the Penguins at this point? It seems to me like it'll be tough for them just to make the playoffs this year, let alone the Stanley Cup. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's going to hurt his relevancy be, be, relevancy because of that. 
Crosby's all-time legacy is secure, but as we said, the Gong Show 25 is a current ranking, and I think that's why we put him at number three. Any other notes on Crosby? No, fantastic player. I Like I said, I've said this before. He's always one of those guys I think is going to kind of fall off and tail off, and I'm wrong <laughs> for the last two or three years. He's always consistent. He's a gamer. He is an all-time great as much as I don't like to admit to it because he beat the USA on an overtime goal, and it makes me sad thinking about it all the time. But, yeah, fantastic player. Rightly deserved at number three. Per card ladder, 1,737 Crosby cards have sold to date for more than 1,000 U.S. dollars. 3,292 have sold for more than 500 U.S. This card, a 2020-2021 Skybox Metal Universe 97 Retro Gold PMG 101 PSA 8 is the highest publicly selling Crosby card to date, selling for 164,400 US in March of 2022. That's a pretty sweet color match. It's, as much as I, I say I don't get PMGs, I don't understand it. This card's gorgeous. I'll tell you, this card is absolutely gorgeous. It's pretty amazing. Well, Troy, that brings us to number two. I'm not sure. This next guy who comes at number two on our first Gong Show 25 list of the current top players in the hobby would have been in this spot a year or two ago, even <laughs> uh, even though he's had amazing, a long and amazing career. We're talking about, of course, Alex Ovechkin, who takes the second spot in our rankings. He's the salty-haired 37-year-old, <laughs> I guess soon to be 38-year-old in September. Sniper, born in Moscow, Russia. Ovi was picked number one overall in the 2004 NHL entry draft, but did not play until the 2005-06 season due to the NHL lockout. Yep. Where then in 2005-06, as a rookie, he scored 52 goals, added 54 assists for 106 points to lead all rookies in scoring. Ovi won the call of their trophy for the 2005-06 season as the NHL's top rookie, edging out fellow rookie Sidney Crosby, who again scored 100 points in his rookie campaign and did not win the Calder. Him and Joe Juno have that distinction. Just like with Crosby, Ovechkin's got 18 seasons now in the NHL completed, and he's put up some pretty epic numbers. 822 goals, 633 assists for 1,485 points in 1,347 games played. That's .61 goals per game and 1.07 points per game. Not a lot of assists compared to other guys at the top Mm -hmm. top of the NHL echelon. Much more of a goal scorer. Got to shoot the puck. He is a Stanley Cup champion, a nine-time Rocket Richard Trophy winner, three-time Hart Trophy winner, three-time Ted Lindsay Pearson Award winner, won a Conn Smythe Trophy. Troy, here's one for you. I put this in there just for you. Two-time EA Sports NHL cover athlete. Which is kind of, well, I guess with the cover athlete, you don't have to get close up and look at him because we all know there's, yeah. we we have heard from marketing people in the past that there's a reason Ovi just wasn't as marketable as he should have been. I'll leave rhymes it with Mugly. <laughs> I'll, I'll rhyme it with that, which kind of is, is sad because he's a fantastic player. He's a great personality. He's hilarious. Yeah. I just saw a video today on Instagram. I don't know who posted it. I forgot to look at the name, but it was showing Ovechkin's reaction when I think it was Don Cherry was kind of ripping on him as a rookie because he was so flashy. He'd score. He'd put the stick down, do the fire hands, you know, like it was on fire. And <laughs> Ovechkin's just like, he's old. You're not supposed to do this, do that. He's grumpy. Yeah. And they're like, are you going to stop? He's like, never. <laughs> so it was, it was great. I love it. 
And Troy, the big one, at 822 goals, he sits 73 goals from hockey immortality and breaking one of the greatest records in all of sports. Why we ranked him at number two, the hobby, of course, loves goals, and there's a very good chance that Ovi will have the most ever. So I have a question for you, Troy. We're a year into the show. I'm sure we talked about Ovi and the goals record last summer, too. At this point, is your confidence level more less or the same it was a year ago that Ovi does break Gretzky's goals record. I'm going to have to go less since I think it was the last episode when the mailbag question was name someone I think might have an off season. And I said Ovi as an option. So I, I'm going to have to go with less. I think he's getting up there. I don't know if they can, if they keep him on the power plane, they keep feeding him in his spot over there in Ovi's office. I can see him, but it the game's not slowing down and he's not getting younger. I just I think some of those will catch up, but I, I do hope he breaks the record. I really do. I, I think that'd be fantastic. A record that no one ever thought would fall when Gretzky retired. No one thought this was gonna happen. So I hope he does, but I guess my confidence to stay true to what I said, I'll say it's less. You're gonna double down on the bit, huh? Love it. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll get to the point where remember when uh, our guy Heater was on the Minnesota Wild, Danny Healy, <laughs> yeah. and he literally just stayed in the offensive zone the entire game, wouldn't even skate back on defense. He would like Maybe. be around in the neutral zone, kind of just cherry picking, like doing some yeah. slow circles. <laughs> Ovi is quirky, fun. He eats a ridiculous pregame <laughs> meal and just goes out and snipes. Yep, uh, he's an interesting guy that seems easy to root for. Kind of speaking of that, I love the oddity, too, of what he's producing at his age. Yep. And he's doing it basically the anti-Tom Brady way. <laughs> Where Brady hasn't had a a granular of sugar in 16 years. Meanwhile, our guy Ovi, literally, I don't know if you, I think it was with a Dylan Strom or some other interview this year that said that when he is on the bench during the game and guys are getting off the ice and, you know, we'll have like, I think like, what the NHL does bio steel, but they'll have their water yeah. bottle yeah. or maybe Gatorade. He crushes cans of Coke <laughs> on the bench. I love it. See, like I can't now I'm now I'm hating myself for even saying that. I, I, I think you'll have a down season because I do want him to break the record. And he is a he's an absolute character and a personality. You know, another thing I saw this is kind of tied to this on the healthier side. I think I saw an interview where Bedard or Bedard's mom said he's never had McDonald's. I thought that was pretty really? crazy. I mean, good for him. Yeah, good for him. So the last thing I'll say about why I ranked him at number two is you can make the comparison to Crosby in that his team is not going to be super relevant and probably won't make the playoffs in 2023-24. At least I think it's going to be tough for them. But the goals chase will be crazy. And if he continues to score, especially gets off to a hot start, it'll keep the spotlight very much on him. He'll be super relevant and... The, the market will, you mean, you'll have Bedard mania and OV mania at the same time. It could be crazy. Yeah. So why did we not rank him higher? Well, there can only be number one, and we needed a space for Lafreniere. <laughs> You're going to get some trouble. Stop doing that. Well, it's like, I don't think we made a Laffy joke in six or seven shows. So that's pretty good, right? Yeah, it, it did get to the, it was getting every show. Yeah. But, and, we, and we rightly got called out for it, for yeah, sure. Yeah, we are. I don't know, maybe the Russia thing holds him back a touch, but I think you can also make the case, Troy, that he is he the first Russian player to break out of that stereotype and reach su- superstar. Like, I don't think the Russia thing matters where we've always said with 
whether it's Fedorov or Pavel well, Bure or yeah, Gilney, that I don't know. Yeah, I think if if there was any the Russian stereotype, I think he's just the way he is. I now well, let me say this: you do you can't find stories about ripping on him for his supposed support of Putin, or he'll be asked by media members about Putin, and he won't really he won't say anything negative. Which I listen, I get it. These guys have family back there. The last thing they want to do is put them in in our harm's way, which we've seen may happen if you don't say the right things, but. He's he's definitely broke, broken out of it, but I still think there's a little bit, like you said, of that stereotype there. Does Hashik tweet about him or something? Oh, Hashik, ooh, Hashik does not like Ovi. Okay, to finish up Ovi, just want to go through some notable hobby stats. Try an incredible 2,123 cards have sold for more than a thousand US dollars. 3,275 Ovechkin cards have sold for more than 500 US per card ladder. And the top Alexander Vetchkin sale of all time is this 2005-6, the Cup. RPA at a 99 PSA 10 that sold about a month and a half ago, I guess now, for 182400 US. I like that card. I like the string hanging off of it, too. I love that. Yeah. I like, at least it makes me think it was used. <laughs> if you so had like, that card and it was raw, how tempted would you be to pull the string? I know, or well, some people would probably cut it, but I wouldn't. I th- I love that. I think it shows. Oh, you do? You know, oh, it drives oh, me crazy. Oh, it does. No, it's character. Yeah. I love that. Like your wallet. Do you want me to rub off all the puck marks? No, don't touch my <laughs> Vasilevsky wallet. Stop that, Todd. <laughs> okay, Troy leaves us now at the number one spot, and I don't think it'll be a surprise to many. But of course, we're talking about Leon Drysaddle sidekick <laughs> Connor McDavid. He's just 26 years old, was born in Richmond Hill, Ontario, comes in at 6'1", 195 pounds. McDavid was the first overall pick in the 2015 NHL entry draft. So have you observed something about these top five? Oh, I didn't. What did I miss? They're all, all high five. High, high all five pick. were the number one overall pick. Yeah, that, I didn't. Once you said that and I started thinking, that makes sense. Hey, sometimes they get it right. Yeah, sometimes Matthews, Bedard. Crosby, Ovechkin, and McDavid. And when we think of the Connor Bedard phenomenon these past couple of years, I think McDavid, of course, is the closest comparison where we talked about this a little bit ago or a few minutes ago, where maybe the Bedard hype has been stronger, but at times, you know, are, are different, yada, 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 of course, right? Yeah. We just don't know if Bedard will end up being as good of a, of a player as McDavid. And it seems like that'll be a tall order because McDavid is super, super good. Yeah. His last season in the OHL before being drafted, McDavid put up 44 goals, 76 assists for 120 points in 47 games played, 0. 0.94 <laughs> goals per game, and 2.55 points per game, which is what was what was Bedard's points per game? Was it less than that? I'm looking. I think his it. goals per game was higher. Higher, yep. But maybe his points per game was a little bit less. Yep, you got it. I wanted to make a funny joke, or a, not a funny joke, a dumb joke that those were very Bedard-like numbers, but. Ooh. That failed miserably. We're out of retakes on our show tonight. So <laughs> okay. a catastrophe. Yeah. He's been uh, pretty good at the NHL level too, Troy. We're now eight years into his career. He's amassed 303 goals, 547 assists for 850 points and 569 games played. Wow. That's 0.53 goals per game and 1.49 points per game. Here's something crazy to think about. So he had 150, what, two or six points last year, whatever it was. 
if he has another 150 point season in 2023-24, he could hit a thousand career points and still be 27 years old. Wow. That's pretty nuts. Going for Gretzky. (laughs) McDavid already is a five-time Art Ross Trophy winner, four-time Ted Lindsay Award winner, three-time Hart Trophy winner, one-time Rocket Richard winner, and uh, hold on, checking a second, no consmeistry. Oh, shots fired. Shots fired. We ranked him at number one because since he was drafted, he's literally taken the hobby by storm and has not let go of the reins. McDavid is unquestionably the biggest hobby star for active players and probably the best current NHL player. His card sales in volume and price are only topped by Wayne Gretzky. If he can continue to produce at the level he has and find a way to win some Stanley Cups, I think he could end his career in the all-time Mount Rushmore conversation a few years down the road. Now, we can't do why didn't we rank him higher because, well, there's no way to rank him higher. But So I added a little section here of what could limit his hobby upside. I think Troy winning seems to be the biggest thing. Yeah. It's tough to be considered a goat when you haven't won at all. Yeah. I don't know of any player in any league that's considered the greatest player that never won. I mean, I don't think it, so. Let's say Bedard or McDavid, geez, Freudian slip there, <laughs> has, keeps playing and plays another 10 years like he already has. And he doesn't win a Stanley Cup. Do you think he's forgotten almost largely like a Marcel Dion? Or I don't think that's necessarily the case, but I do think it would hurt his legacy. It definitely hurts his legacy. You know the guy I always think about, and I, I'm not a football fan, but I always think of, like, Dan Marino. Yeah. Well, Dan Marino or, at least made the Super Bowl. He made the – okay, you're right. He did. Like Maybe Charles season. Barkley. I mean, I don't know if Charles Barkley made a final. I don't think he ever he won one. He'll draw to Jordan. Yeah, because they always – I get your on, point. On NBA Live. or whatever. <laughs> I always make fun of him for not winning one. Yeah, good point. And then beyond winning, I think there's, like, the normal – injury or body breakdown stuff that can limit any player's longevity. But it does seem like McDavid takes good care of himself. So I would bet aside from a freak injury that that wouldn't be an issue. And then lastly, Troy, do you think his personality or maybe lack thereof, or just maybe his unwillingness to engage much with the media could limit his legacy at all? Or is he a guy that you think will open up once he retires a little bit? Oh, I mean, he's, I hope he opens up when he retires. I this is the year that I first really thought to myself, man, this guy just doesn't have it personality-wise. I've seen a couple interviews and a couple like NHL things where they're trying to kind of market him. They just, I don't, he doesn't come off, he just doesn't come off like having this bubbly personality, which, you know what, that's not fair. You can't expect him to fit this mold. But I do think it hurts him right now a little bit. But obviously we've seen he does charity work and he does a lot of stuff. He did a lot of stuff with that, like that little kid that passed away. He does a ton of stuff, but I think his personality, though, is a little off. I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but just maybe is as marketable as as it could be. Or it might be when he gets retired and he can let loose a little more. All right. Quickly looking at his notable hobby stats per card ladder. A jaw-dropping 4,474 McDavid cards have sold for more than 1,000 U.S. dollars to date. 7,535 cards have sold for more than 500 US. And the biggest McDavid sale to date is this 2015 16 the Cup RPA on a 99 PSA 10 that sold for a mere 228,000 US in July of 2022. As we discussed on our last show, there's a certain 101 Shield auto rookie from Ultimate that's going to auction Friday that might beat this. 
given it's a one 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 shield. Still a really nice card. Just a sick patch, too, huh? Yeah, sick card. I just can't stand again how it says autographed rookie patch, and that's where you had to sign over that. I just mm-hmm. drives me nuts. Well, there you go, Troy. It's our first Gong Show 25 list. As we mentioned, we'll probably update this two to three times per year. And I think maybe just get give, give highlights when we do of the different movers and shakers as we make updates to the list and guys get added or d- taken off or moved around a little bit. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts, guys. Where do you think we got it right? Where do you think we got it wrong? Message us on social media. Also, I think I'm going to try to publish this list to our website yep. soon at hockeycardsgongshow.com, and then we'll just kind of have it as a reference and we'll date it so that when we make updates, we can have an archive of kind of who's well, moved where. When you, when you do the next one, then you're going to have to put like up arrow two spots. If someone goes up two and down three and off. Now it's getting complicated, but now, it was fun. <laughs> now we're done. And I think it was fun to do this summer too and just go in depth. Yeah, about uh, and spend a little bit of time on really the top guys that are shaping the hobby right now. Yeah. Okay, Troy, got to make a quick mention for Gong Show partner and sponsor Slab Sharks. Want to thank them for their continued support of our show. It's been a lot of fun for us to see them continue to grow over these past few months. Their current weekly auction ends today. Be sure to head to SlabSharks.com for a link to the auction and place your bid. If you miss it, no big deal. Their auctions run weekly, and when one ends, the next begins. Like we said, the Slabsharks eBay auction is quickly becoming one of the premier spots to get great hockey cards. If you are a Canadian hockey card collector and have not used Slabsharks for the eBay consignment services, then you haven't realized really how easy that they make it to sell your cards on eBay. They basically do all the work. You just send them your cards and go on with your day. Slabsharks takes amazing photos, lists your cards, answers buyer questions, hunts down payment, Ships to the U.S. and Canada, ensuring the largest possible buyer's pool for your cards. So for complete consignment information and to get started, visit SlabSharks.com. Okay, we're going to go into hobby news real quick. Got a few items to touch on today. Just I want to wrap up a, a couple of things at the National real quick. So I saw on their Instagram page that I think around 100,000 collectors is the number that they're saying. Yeah. Attended this year's event last weekend in Chicago, which is... The biggest crowd ever, I believe, for the national. That's got to be a good sign for the hobby at large, huh, Trey? It is, but I think it's absolutely ridiculous that I saw. I think I saw this in sports with Sport Collector Daily or something. They say they don't actually publish official attendance numbers. The national is like, come on, what? Wait. What are you? What are you trying to hide? <laughs> Just publish official numbers. Like this is awesome. It's a great marketing tool to yeah. publish that. Yeah, there's really no reason not to. So, whatever. People are weird. <laughs> Next year's event is in Cleveland, where hopefully they will break another. Have you ever been to Cleveland? I have not. All I know about Cleveland is Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the Drew Carey Show. It's about, and well, I guess the guard. Oh, Paul, I almost slipped up. The Guardians and the Browns. I know the sports teams. That's always fun. It's a great city. A lot of fun. So yeah, I've heard, I've heard Cleveland's fantastic. I think it was pretty run, maybe a little industrial in the 70s, but I think they've really turned it around. Mm -hmm. So we'll look forward to that next year. Moving on, Upper Deck officially signed Connor Bedard to an exclusive auto deal. So sorry, Troy, but you're not going to get your Leaf Bedard autos like I'm sure you're hoping for. (laughs) 
only UD products. Per the article I read again on Sports Car Daily, Sports Car Collectors Daily, I think it is. It looks like Upper Deck will also be the lone producer of Bedard cards, only licensed producer. Okay. The contract amount or price per auto were not disclosed, but I, I will assume it's a healthy amount. So if you had to guess, Troy, how much more do you think Bedard will get per signature than the average Joe Schmo rookie? Like three like times, this, yeah. five times? I would get, oh, I don't know. I This is, I'll say five. That's what is I it, think, too. Yeah, he's got to get paid pretty well. And again, we know, I don't, we don't know the numbers, but we've been told by people outside of Upper Deck, these are, this is from Upper Deck, that we know hockey players, I think, it, don't get that much per autograph compared to like basketball, yeah. uh, baseball, football. But I think Bedard's definitely going to get a bump. I would, man, I would love to see the contracts for this. This is the stuff that really fascinates me. This like extra income they get besides their NHL salary on how much they can make and what they get paid for all these other things. I think it's just fascinating. Billy, send us Bedard's <laughs> auto contract so we can talk about it on the air. Yeah, well, I don't think that's happening. Well, never hurts to ask, right? <laughs> Worst they can do is say no. Yeah, true. The story, though, made me realize I have not paid to this point much attention. Oh, you got to go back to oh, the sorry. Bedard auto itself. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And oh. I kind of I want your review <laughs> on his signature. All right. You, is it a good auto? Do you like it? Give it a letter grade. A, B, C, I give, I give it a D. It is terrible. It is a hodge. I, I guess my thought is he's probably doing it because he wants to get through it quick. I just, I wish he would do something more legible. I get it though. It's a big C basically. And then to the B and the one seven. I like that. I like the number. I like having the number on it, but I think, I don't know. I always go with the Harmon Killaboo, right? He said, you got to have a nice autograph so kids can read your name. Now, I get it. These Bretzky guys are, has a beautiful yeah, autograph. Yep. And again, these guys are signing, though, thousands of cards. Their hands probably hurt. Especially has anyone guys... signed more than Wayne Gretzky? That's true. Good point. Maybe not. But What's I... up with the 17? I don't get that. Oh, yeah. Maybe that was his. Oh, 98. A... You know what? This was he number 17 at some point? And they used this is a sticker auto. And when he oh, signed yeah. it at <laughs> saying 17, or maybe that's his age. I don't know. But he's obviously 16 in this picture. All right, research. Someone's got to go find it. <laughs> maybe Wayne will teach him how to sign his autograph. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of just the actual signature, how it looks. But hey, <laughs> he can change it or he doesn't have to. We've seen we've seen worse for sure. Moving on the. Gemrate released its July card grading recap. We thought we'd run through it quickly. So PSA Troy graded 498,000 sports cards, which is down 17% from June and 25% year over year. SGC Ooh. came in at number two with 88,000 cards graded, down 3% month over month and up 77% year over year. That's crazy. They, those, yeah. I, I don't know what if anything was hampering them back then, but man, that it seems like the changes they've made have kind of worked. Isn't that though the baseball grading special they're doing in conjunction with Tops, where they're well, doing they, like nine dollar grades with like Tops Chrome or Bowman? Or something yeah, like and they've they've really done. I think they did away with. Did they do away with the upcharges or maybe the auto? You don't have to pay to get the auto graded. They did some changing with their fees. Listen, I'm the worst person in the world to, to speak about grading and what they've changed on fee structures because a lot of times I just don't care. 
And then Beckett's still trailing in a distant third position with 26,000 cards graded in July, down 31% over June and up 10% year over year. So why do you think PSA is down so much year over year? I just wonder if it's less cards being submitted. I mean, in the month, everyone was down. But Then when you look at cards graded by category, there were 25,300 hockey cards graded at PSA in July down 19% from June. SGC graded 1,400 hockey cards and Beckett about 1,000. So going by the numbers, PSA is clearly the current, current, it can change, grader of choice for hockey cards. No question. 25 to 1 compared to Beckett. There were no hockey athletes in the top 10 players graded or specific hockey cards graded in the top 10 for July. Finally, Kaprizov didn't make it. No. Kaprizov didn't make a surprise run back up to the top 10. It's time for our weekly Troy PWCC hockey preview. PWCC, of course, is a Gong Show partner and sponsor. My many thanks to them for their support of our show. The current PWCC weekly auction is live and ends this Sunday. Jeremy Lee and I will be back at it on Jeremy's YouTube channel, Sports Card Live, this Sunday night, starting at 8.30 Central Time, taking you through all the auction closes, the key hockey cards in this week's auction plus chatting with you and answering your questions in the chat there on youtube like you always do troy and i picked out our favorite cards from this week's pwcc weekly to highlight and i actually really enjoyed this this week and felt like i learned a lot so i can't wait to talk about them we have three vintage and three modern cards so we're going to start with the oldies first the first one is a 1981 opg hockey sticker wayne gretzky Number 252, PSA 10, pop 2, with 83 graded, so that's a 2.4% gem rate. Now, in the 1981 OPG Hockey sticker set, Troy, there's only 45 PSA 10s. Wow. Total, out of 718 stickers graded. That's a overall gem rate of 6.3%. I reached out to our guy, Coach Co and showed him the sticker because he's a huge sticker collector. I think that's where yep. he started. Yep. And he's collecting mainly soccer, I believe. And what he told me is that these are almost impossible to gem. So this seems like a really nice item in the auction. I mentioned right at the gate here that it's card number 252. And that's important because there are two other stickers for Gretzky in the set. Numbers 209 and 264. 209 is more of an action shot. And 264 is another portrait. Kind of like looking at Gretzky from a different angle. Uh, Try. I think this is kind of a cool item if you're a Gretzky collector. We talk all the time about how legendary players really only got one or two cards a year. So there's not a lot of variety yeah. in collecting their player. Think how many cards any guy, uh, Connor McDavid, will have this year. Just hundreds, yeah. right? And and so what, there's maybe their base card from their OPG or tops, and then maybe like a league leaders or something like that. But just, just not a lot of variety. And so this is, I think, an interesting item to maybe complement your player-run collection. I also think, too, because there's such a strong heritage of stickers and soccer that I I would assume this item would be interesting to a lot of people. So whether you are at a, like a hobby meetup or you take it to a card show, if you ever wanted to sell it, I think that if you brought it out, people would... Uh, get the guys right away yep. and want to learn more about it and definitely want to check it out. And then many of us 80s kids and sports fans remember having these sticker books. I think yep. you said in an earlier episode that 
you for a while were a hockey sticker collector. Is that the oh, case? Yeah. I got tons of these when I was a kid in the eighties. I mean, there's probably four years, five years where I have the books. And I remember, obviously I remember going buying hockey cards, but I probably, I probably bought more stickers with my money. Cause I think they were cheaper. So I would go buy the stickers and then rip them open. But yeah, I, I loved collecting stickers. Very cool. I always want to say card, but very cool yeah. sticker. <laughs> Last sale of a 1981 OPG Gretzky number 252 sticker was one PSA 10 was 1,000 US dollars this past April from the PWCC vault. It's also the all time high for this sticker and all time high for any three of the Gretzky stickers in the 1981 OPG set. Uh, you got the current bid 70 US dollars. Oh boy, might have to go put a bid on that. <laughs> All right, you got the next one, Troy. I do. In honor of our greatest player, I, I found this was actually there. There was not a ton of vintage in this week's weekly auction, but that's okay because obviously you can't have all vintage all the time. And we almost had a catastrophe again where I put started. I only wrote one sentence about a card until I was like something like a light bulb went off in my head, and I said, "Oh, I should look what Josh did for a second. Yep, I started doing that one. And the, the the next one, I started on it, but it was only a sentence before I remember realized I was going to do a duplicate again, like I did the one episode. So this card I chose then is the 1991 Pro Set Platinum Nicholas Lidstrom rookie number 253 PSA 10 gem mint. All right, I'm not going to go over a list of bio. We already did that. If you want to listen to his bio, if you just skipped right to this segment. Uh, go to the greatest player to wear number five. You'll hear all about him and his fantastic career. So this card being a 91 pro set platinum, it was a higher end pro set release. And from everything I researched, I believe this was the only year this was released. I think it was a one, one and done. If not, I would love someone to reach out and show me some other ones or let me know if I'm incorrect on there. It came out high end pro set. Is that, I, <laughs> is that not oxymoron? oxymoron? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I will say this. I'll, I'll get into it. I'll say it again. But the photos are fantastic on these. Oh, yeah. These look great. We did it. Was it Dominic Hasek? Because I remember oh, like, yeah. the, like the Roman coin yeah. medallion logo thing that looks weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we did. So this, uh, the Pro Set Platinum came out in two series, Series 1 and Series 2. Each series had 150 cards for a base set of 300 cards. I believe there are also 20 insert cards called Platinum Collectibles. So that gave it a grand total of 320. Now, what's awesome about this set, where I got really excited, I'm not even talking about this Lidstrom card, is the card also had 12 celebrity captain cards in the main set that included the likes of Mr. Rogers, Ralph Macchio, Larry King. That's great. I love that they had those. That's awesome. They didn't, now, I guess during that year, the NHL named celebrity captains for every team, but they didn't do every celebrity captain in the set. They only did like 12. Who would they name as a celebrity captain today for the wild? That's a great question. It would, I don't know. Isn't it like I, Josh Dumal is always, cause he's like, Oh, Josh Dumal. Yeah. Cause he's, he's actually from like North Dakota or South Dakota. I know he's not from Minnesota. Yeah. We, we had to absorb him for the pro sports teams, but again, I love celebrity cards. So anyways, the photos in the set, they are really great. When you look at this Litson card, I mean, I love the photo on the front. It's an action shot. He's carrying the puck. He's got his eyes up. It just looks great. The color's great. I, you know, when you zoom in, 
edges look really nice. And obviously it's a PSA 10, but again, you want to verify that you think it's also a PSA 10. And also the back of the card, I think it looks really cool. And I'm a big fan. It's one of those things that's kind of, I, I know it when I see it. It's when the pictures are different. The front and the back picture are different. I like that. I, I'm not a big fan when they use the same picture, maybe zoomed in or something on the back. Mm-hmm. So this one I really like. It's got the a different picture on the back. The card looks absolutely great. Color, headshot, everything. Now, again, this is a Pro Set Platinum card. PSA 10 pop count of this card is 100 with a gem rate of 54%. And now we get sad because it goes anywhere from around 40 to 65 US dollars. So, again, if, now, if Jeremy Lee is like one of the hobby's greatest authorities in like a Gretzky <laughs> rookie, I think you might be. Like the guy when it comes to if we ever do a master class on card backs, I'm not sure we will. But you might be our guy because oh, I'm all about I'm all about a, a different picture on the card back. That that's all I need, and I'm happy. I'm trying to think of like a T-shirt like bringing card backs back. <laughs> all right, current bid sixteen U.S. dollars. Ooh, big spinner. <laughs> this next one, Troy, I'm actually really excited for. And is this the one that you? Yep, I'm excited. I did well? one sentence, and then I was like, ah. Light bulb, let's go check this. And I just redid it. So I, then I looked up. I, I originally saw the Lidstrom and this one, and I was debating, but then I was thinking, well, the Lidstrom being was a 91. Like, you yeah. know, I'm kind of stretching the vintage, but then I, that's what happened. Well, it's a 1954 Parker's Ted Lindsay, number 46, PSA 8, pop 25 with one graded higher, which is a PSA 9. First thing to know is it's not Ted Lindsay's rookie card. His rookie was part of the famed. 1951 Parker said, I think he actually started playing in the 40s. Lindsay played in the NHL for 17 seasons, 14 of which were for the Detroit Red Wings and three for the Chicago Blackhawks. He was born in 1925 and unfortunately passed a few years ago or way a few years ago in 2019. His career choice span from 1944-45 through the 1964-65 season. He did not play, though, in the 1961-62 and 63 seasons. Lindsay was left wing and played in 1,068 NHL games where he scored 379 goals, added 472 assists for 851 career points. He is a four-time Stanley Cup champion. And get this, Troy, this is awesome. He is the first player to lift the Stanley Cup over his head and skated around the arena, starting the tradition that still goes on today. I love that. If you've ever wondered why players do that when they win the Cup, it all started with Ted Lindsay. I love that. That's awesome. He won the Art Ross Trophy in 1950, was elected to the Hall of Fame in 1966, and his number seven was retired by the Detroit Red Wings in 1991. Now, this is kind of why I wanted to study him. And I'll be honest, we go through players all the time and we list their awards and accomplishments, and it's the Ted Lindsay Award winner. Yep. And so when you see the name like that, it's like, oh, how, how did that award get named after this guy? Yep. Well, to advocate for players' rights, Ted Lindsay and the Canadians' star defenseman Doug Harvey, who we've been talking about a little bit recently, yep. led a small group of players that formed the National Hockey League Players Association. At the time, <laughs> players weren't paid very well and yeah. conditions weren't great, travel. So when he did this, the teams of the league were not super happy about it. 
insert shock face. Like, <laughs> oh. During this time, Lindsay was one of the NHL's best players. But so, and so when they formed the NHLPA, as I guess sort of a punishment, the Red yeah. Wings stripped him of his captaincy and traded him wow. to the struggling Blackhawks. Wow, that's, that's a, why it's <laughs> quite the reaction. Yeah. Uh, Doug Harvey got traded too from the Canadians to yeah. the Rangers because of that. So for his role in creating the original NHLPA in 1995, the Lester B. Pearson Award was renamed the Ted Lindsay Award. Now, the Ted Lindsay Award is given annually to the most outstanding player in the regular season as judged by the members of the NHL Players Association and is considered a companion to the Hart Memorial Trophy, which is voted on by members of the Professional Hockey Writers Association. So the Hart is the MVP that we all talk about. Do you think the Ted Lindsay should be the one that actually holds more weight? Do you think the players have a better opinion than the writers? I, I think anyone but the writers probably would agree with that. Yeah, it would the be writers get very hoity-toity. Yeah, they do. It'd be um, a great debate, though. A lot of the, I mean, there are writers that watch a lot of hockey and a lot of games. And again, with all these awards, at times it's a popularity contest. So you never know. I just, I think that'd be a great debate. Which one should actually hold more weight? The card itself is pretty simple, which I like. It's a full body shot of Lindsay in his Red Wings uniform, wearing the captain C, and there's that kind of weird big red star. <laughs> yeah. Almost looks like. Like the impression is just like a Russian national team <laughs> yeah. sort of set, but I don't know. It's kind of quirky and cool. One thing I really like about this card in particular too, is a lot of cards at this era will either be almost like bright white, mm-hmm. which in a way maybe look like they're less, I don't know, damaged or weathered, but I yeah. actually like ones like this one that have a little more of that yellowing maybe. Yeah. Like the patina. And just look old. Yeah. The patina. It's a good way to put it. So what a cool card for a great player, an important figure in the game of hockey. Last sale for 1954, Parker's 10 Lindsay, number 46, PSA 8. It was only 482 U.S. this past February. It was also the all-time high. Got a bit turn, bit try? 185 U.S. dollars. We're going to switch on over to modern now. And the first card we want to talk about is a 2016 Upper Deck Austin Matthews, right? Number 5 in the Gong Show 25. Yeah. Young Guns exclusives out of 100, PSA 8, pop 4. There's 14 graded higher. There's 3 PSA 9s and 11 PSA 10s. Uh, big card in this week's PWCC Weekly for sure. Well, he's big for us uh, yeah. as we, you know, again, put Matthew's number 5 on our list. I'm not going to rehash his resume because we just spent a lot of time going through it. But I think this card does present a good opportunity, though, to highlight how a Young Gun collector can protect against Really, the value threats that a high pop, high gem rate card presents. Now, there's only a hundred of these young yeah. guns exclusive parallels out there. So, when you compare this card to his base young guns, that again has a pop of three thousand sixty-eight and a gem rate of seventy-one percent. To me, it makes an out of one hundred parallel of that young guns pretty attractive. Mm-hmm. And I also think that there's something to the idea that this is a showstopper card because there's so many base young gun, and this is a PSA 8, but there's like a base young gun PSA 10 for Matthews. We see them every day, and yeah. I don't know what the right word is, but you get so accustomed to it that you hardly pay attention anymore when they come back. If if you're at a trade show and somebody comes to your booth or you have this card or you're at a, a trade night or something like that and you pull this out of your Zion case or whatever it mm-hmm. is, 
people are gonna. I mean, it's a showstopper. People are gonna go, "Whoa, yeah, that is a card, right?" And and so I, I think that again, not very scientific, but mm-hmm. it's a good way to know, like you know, what cards really have scarcity and will always have demand within within the hobby. Do you kind of agree with that principle? Yeah, I, the more we go along with the show and look at sales and look at data and stuff, it's a it's a great way to protect, like you said, kind of your investment. If you want to go the youngins route, maybe look at the exclusive or the high gloss. Plus, I do think I love that like gold or whatever that color yeah. is on the young guns. That looks great. I don't. I wish the UD exclusives wasn't so big. I kind of bought. I don't, I don't like that. And I always do. They always do this when it's out of a hundred, like putting zero zero and then the number. I thought that was kind of odd, but it makes sense. If they're doing like the rollers, I think how they punch mm. them in and stuff. Maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. Good question. I couldn't find any prior sales on an Austin Matthews Young Guns UD exclusives out of 100 PSA 8. But the last exclusives of any kind to sell was a BGS 9.5. They went for 5280 hmm. US dollars this past February. All-time high sale is 9992 US for another BGS 9.5. That sold in November 2022. Got a current bit, Troy? 1,525 US dollars. On to the next one. On to the next one. I think this might be the first time we've talked about this guy. So our Boston fans are going to be happy. So I actually went with this card. 2017 Exquisite Collection. 07 Tribute Charlie McAvoy. Rookie card patch auto. Out of 25. BGS 8.5 with a 10 auto. Population 101, just two graded higher. So you can see the picture on screen if you're watching on YouTube. Now, this card, I believe, was issued in the 2017-18 Upper Deck Ice release. Mm-hmm. And this card really jumped out at me because I just, I kind of dig the design of it. I It's one of those I kind of just, I looked at and when I stared at it a little bit more, I, I kind of liked it. it. You know, what stood out to me is that I kind of like the, the patch in the middle the little autograph, at least there's room for the autograph with no words behind it. And even though I'm not a big portrait fan, I think they actually do a good job with showing the portrait on the top left. Now, there's a lot of white space, but usually white space can be kind of be good. But, you know, when I was researching this card, what stood out to me is that the slab says it's an 07 tribute. So 07, 08 rookie tribute. But I was looking at the checklist and looking at Back at site two, and they call it an 0809 tribute. So I would love it if someone either confirms that I'm right or I'm a complete idiot and missed it. Because to me, I just, I, it seems like that was labeled incorrect, but I might be wrong. But it's something to research if that's what, what that would bother you looking at this card. You think this is a controversy that might tear apart the hobby? I, I highly doubt it. Okay. <laughs> highly doubt it. But again, just something I saw, and maybe I was looking at the wrong thing. But I just wanted to put that out there. And again, like I said, not a fan of portrait shots most of the time, but I think they do a good job with this. Three-color patch. Looks really nice. I the do say that. Stick. Okay, so looking at the picture of our, our guy Charlie here. Yeah. You know how here in Minnesota they make those, like, really long, like, team photos that have, yes. like, all, like, for high school of yes. all the kids in a pose. Yes. He totally looks like, <laughs> yeah, like, on, was... like, the, with the colors, like, on the Burnsville yes. sort of hockey team photo yep. that you would see at a local sub shop or something like that. Yeah, and the, the guy's like, okay, now we're doing the tough pose. And that's what he yeah. did. That's his tough look. But I said, again, like, you are talking about autographs. I actually wrote my notes. This autograph, oof. Not great. We got to work on that. 
I've seen, I, I tried to look at some more recent cards to see if it's worked. And it kind of was a little more legible, but then other times it looks just like this. So work on that. Card itself, you know, it's an 8.5. It looks in really good shape. A top left corner, you can see some, there's some chipping or some whiting right there. Um, but again, it's an exquisite card. Usually don't expect these to be 9 or 10s. There's usually some little issues here and there. It's pretty clean besides that little that little spot. Um, I think if you're a Bruins fan, McAvoy fan, this would be a great card. Serial numbered out of 25. There's only three BGS graded copies of this card ever. I could not find any BGS sales with that pop being so low. I did find a raw sale in 2021 for 160 US dollars. That's about all I could really find. The current bid on this is 52 US dollars. He's a guy that all the Boston collectors really like, but I don't mm-hmm. think has much awareness outside of the Boston fan base. Yeah, that and I mean I don't think he's scored a lot if i remember right he's not a, i'm gonna look him up on talking because i remember looking that up going oh I, I i just i didn't know that much about him yeah he had seven goals this year so and he's never scored more than 10 goals in a year so when you're like that it's kind of hard to get the hobby to rally around you yeah all right the last card we want to feature is a 2016 upper deck Braden point young gun psa 10 pop 890 with a 61% gem rate. So I'm going to be really honest, Troy. I picked this card because I just want to talk about Braden Point. <laughs> and it's a good format, I think, yeah. for opportunity to do so. And really maybe dig into the Braden Point phenomenon or lack thereof for yep. probably a better way to put it. So for a second, I want you to just forget the name Braden Point. What if I told you there's a 27-year-old forward <laughs> who's a two-time Stanley Cup champion? Just scored 51 goals this past season to go along with 95 points in 82 games played. Who's averaged, Troy, 0.44 goals per game, 0.93 points per game over a seven-year NHL career. And then I told you he was young on PSA 10 last sold for 68 bucks. Oh, jeez. It's funny. It can be kind of funny and fickle all at the same time. I mean, and the, and the, it's, the pop isn't that. I mean, it's 980 or... What did you, yeah. you said 890? Is it 980 or 890? I can't remember. 980. Um, okay, so it's close to a thousand, but still, it's not over a thousand. That's that's nuts. What do you think it is? Is it because point <laughs> is like fourth or fifth fiddle on a yeah, pretty loaded say, lightning team, or yeah, is it loaded. the Florida Bermuda Triangle hobby effect? Something else? It's all that. I mean, you gotta you gotta be extra special, like our boy Kachuk, to bust out of that Bermuda Triangle, and. I don't remember ever seeing Braden Point in like a personality standpoint or being highlighted on any on the NHL you know, Sports Center or anything. But yeah, he's a fantastic player. Just I think it's the it's the triangle. It's you're on a team that's loaded or that has been loaded and stacked. Who knows how they will go forward? But I put him in the same camp as Miko Rantanen. Yeah, those guys who both had ridiculous seasons last year, but whose hobby market still can't seem to get off the ground. And maybe it's just they need to be more consistent and yeah. put a couple of these seasons back to back before the hobby starts to catch on. I guess the good news though is if you're a Braden Point or Lightning fan, well, his stuff is uh, pretty cheap. Yeah, you, you gotta notice. You gotta hope that <laughs> hobby doesn't catch on. That's one thing. Even though there's no way the hobby will ever, you know, Pecorena is I collect. I mean, I can get patch autos. Sometimes they're really cheap, like fifty bucks, thirty bucks. 
I just said a minute ago, last sale in the 2016 Braden Point Young Gun PSA 10 Pop 980 was 68 US dollars on July 27th. All time high 400 US in June 2021. Ooh. You got a current bid? 41 US dollars. Two thirds its value. Yeah. Only $41. Well, today was a big day, Troy, for new product releases, a set I've been really looking forward to. 2021 22 credentials is out. And I scurried right away this morning, of course, to our LCS and picked up a box to open for our pack opening series videos that we do on social media. And I got to say right off the bat, I'm a really big fan of the base card designs. I don't know why I've been so into base cards lately, but uh, I love the silver foil on a white background. Yeah. And there's like a really intricate embossing with it, too, that really adds an element of class. As far as base cards go, top notch. And I don't think these are cheap base cards that they Ooh. produced uh like when you hold them in hand they're they're really nice now we did get a in our box a gold foiled base parallel out of 99 which is a cool looking card too but the, another reason why i wanted to throw up this base card as as much as i i guess appreciate the intricacy of it i wish the base rookies were a little splashier oh yeah right it, it's like they're just printed on white stock yeah yeah, I, I think yeah, you're definitely right. Wouldn't you have flopped those if you like yeah. from a investment standpoint? To get, uh, how much you're willing to pay per card? There's no foiling or embossing anything like that. Oh, so. I, I love I. You know what? This is you know what the one thing. This is why I'm so picky. I don't I I don't like that. I'm like this. Like I like this card. I think it looks great. It flows. This rookie card. This upper deck emblem always sticks out to me. Like. It's you don't big. like when they use all the colors. Yeah, it. I don't like when it's all the colors. I like when it's like this, when it's somehow in the background. merged in. Yeah, merged into the card. And this reminds me, I know MVP, this is how it looks on MVP. It's on other stuff too. It's just, I wish they could in, in put this into the design of the card a little more on the coloring. But I do think the color looks really nice. Your camera took a really nice picture. <laughs> and kind of like, Keeping on with this theme, when I looked at like the common insert, so there's the speed of the game insert that I don't think I took a picture of, but it's no. a horizontal card. It's got really nice foiling and looks really nice. And then they did their like Star of the Night, mm-hmm. which again is just like printed on a plain stock. So it's like you can tell like cards where they it, upper deck like invested more money in the cards and cards where they probably just needed something cheap. Uh, and, and I think like there were like four. Or so the star night the night cards in the box we opened. So uh, again, they're just a little plain, but uh, kind of just okay cards. The big draw though with credentials, of course, are the debut ticket access cards. And to upper deck's credit, you get a number of them per box. Yeah, there's the star of the night kind of kind of card, but again, just very just kind of plain paper yeah. that it's printed on. And, and so for these debut ticket access, Troy, it's just going to come down to the luck of the names you pull and how low your parallels are when you when you get to them. So I think in the box we had we had five debut ticket access cards. And now, again, and you went through this pretty detailed yeah. when you did a checklist overview. There's three essentially years of rookie classes. So that's the a 2021, but that's actually not the 2021 design. The 2021s are all foiled. So the top oh, to really? bottom foil where 2020 and 2019 have more of that white bottom, like we're like the ticket stub design on the card it is white. Gotcha. 
so because I was confused at first, like, well, why are some all foil and why do some have some foil on it, yeah. but have some. And then it's like, oh, yeah, these are all different years. And Tupperdex credit, when you flip over the card on the back, they have very plainly near the bottom of the card, the set year. Yeah. The card is from. So yeah. like our auto, as an example, was a 2019 rookie. And so it says on the back of the card, 2019-20 credentials. Yeah. Even though it's included in the 2021 set release. Yeah. yeah it's just like update cards, right? Statue, I remember Stature had a ton of update cards last last release. And, and that's what it's really going to come aside from a couple Easter eggs that and we've already seen some indications of those. We'll probably learn more as the days progress here a little bit, but it's really going to your box and how happy you are, whether you just want to collect really nice big cards or you want to try to get an ROI is going to come yeah. down to the names that, that you pull overall though, Troy, it's a, I think it's a really fun box. I, I don't love the $150 price point, but I can live with it. Yeah, you know where we were a little more critical about ovation at two thirty. I think I would be more comfortable at like the hundred and thirty range. No. for this box, but again, I can respect and live with with the hundred and fifty. Uh, was not disappointed at all by the cards and felt the big ones like the debut ticket ass access definitely lived up to expectations. So we're gonna let a few weeks pass, see kind of gauge a little bit more what collectors have to say look at secondary market sales and see the strength of them there. And then we'll come back with our value and collector ratings. We've also already had a few people send us their big hits from credentials yeah. and this release date. And if you do hit any big cards, uh, we'd love to see them. So message us uh, with them on our socials. And then I do want to make other one quick, very quick mention on new product releases that I know you're very interested in. I am. I'm very interested. Upper deck release today. The 2021-22 checklist for stature, which well, I've been waiting for credentials. Troy has been an eager beaver mm-hmm. waiting for stature. And what a birthday present to you, Troy, to get the stature checklist from it's almost like they did it on purpose. Yeah, they knew. They knew. I think it's scheduled to come out August 18th. So that'll be two weeks from today. I know you looked at it and the one report we can probably share is how many Pekka Rene cards are in there. <laughs> I think it was 22. 22 Pekka Rene cards. Pretty impressive. <laughs> on Monday's show, Troy will give one of his expert checklist <laughs> reviews on stature, but we just wanted to mention that that came out today. Well, we made it. For a while, Troy, I didn't know if the show was going to happen, but we made it through it. And that is our episode for today. If you liked the episode, please leave a rating review on Apple, Spotify, whatever podcast app you listen to us on. If you love the show, want to support us, chat with us every day on the Hockey Cards Gong Show Discord server, please consider joining our Patreon for as little as $5 a month. There's still two spots left in our out of 99 support level tier. Link is in the show description, YouTube description. It's on our website, HockeyCardsGongShow.com. You can go to the Patreon website, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, and search for Hockey Cards Gong Show. And it's also in our Instagram and TikTok profiles as well. And the Hockey Cards Gong Show is on social media. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. And Troy, the Hockey Cards Gong Show podcast is a production of Dollar Box Ventures, LLC. Have a great rest of the week, and we will chat with you all on Monday. <laughs>